Hi, welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and today we're on episode 35, and I'm going to talk to you about a topic that I'm passionate about, which is oneness. And I'll describe what I mean by that here as we move along. But how we're both unique, we're an individual, and we're also connected, and we're one with other people, and how that plays out in our process of growth and development. I'd like to start with just this concept of growth and development. You know, each one of us are born with, um, you know, a connection, right? Where our bodies and minds are formed in relationship, you know, very symbiotically with our attachment figures, right? So I, in my body, in my mind, I gain attributes and I have, you know, genetics, you know, in relationship to my family and that's my body, right? My body has experiences like, you know, how well I was nurtured or how I was attuned to, you know, did, was I heard, seen, connected to, um, or was there a lot of um, inability to be mirrored and seen, right? And I see this a lot in a complex PTSD, right? Children who do not have uh, people who are both available and responsive grow up believing that they're unworthy of love, Right that maybe because you're egocentric as a child, everything's really about you, that that must mean something about who you are and your ability um, both to be loved and seen. And, and, and we have kind of what I call adaptions to uh, maybe the normal process of growth and development or the healthy one. These are all terms that we use just to describe something, but what I want to say is that if that goes well, right, if we have that ideal, which I would say the majority of the people within the sound of my voice didn't have that. I don't think any of us truly is born with perfect attachment figures, right? I mean, really where would be the growth in that? And I think that again, a lot of us in our egos assume we were entitled to that or that's what we should have. And there can be anger and frustration and resentment or, struggle around what we didn't get. But my my suggestion to you today is that maybe all of this that we go through is actually divine, right? It's actually part of the process. Part of the process of growth and development is growing up in oneness, right? When you're born, maybe you did have great attachment or maybe you didn't. And it started the separation from love started very young for you. But when I talk about oneness, I mean, you're one with love, right? You're one with the source of love. You were created in love. You were created for love. And you understand the unique image of love that you are in the world. You're connected to your gifts and talents and purpose and love. And you're able to live that out, right? That's the ideal. That's the end goal of what we call enlightenment, okay? But think about that term, enlightenment. You know, it's having light, right? It's stepping into the light. And all of us have experiences where we lose connection to light, right? Where I love it in, um, in first Corinthians 13, where it talks, you know, we all see through the glass darkly. And I think there's not a part of us within the sound of my voice. that doesn't have a little darkness on the screen, right? If you imagine looking through a glass and it being dark, that's shame, right? That's fear. That's things that you picked up that are not of you, but you're seeing the world through those experiences. You're seeing it through the experiences that you've had and it's painted the way you see yourself and the way you see others. 
and maybe the the adaptions that you've made in order to try to to get love, right? Because what happens when we get separated from love is that we move into scarcity. So some of this is a review of things I've talked about in the past, but I'm just kind of bringing it together in this concept today. Being separate from love is the source of fear, right? When we we feel that we're not loved or we're enough, we are afraid. We need that. I mean, it's, as humans, we're designed to be both connected, to have togetherness, and also individuality. Those two things play out, right? I am both an individual and I am part of a system and part of others, right? I'm connected. And I see this even on the energetic level, right? I'm a unique being. I'm a unique soul. I have a unique purpose and view of the world. And I have my own biosphere and energy, right? My own energy system, right? But I also am connected to other people, right? I'm taking in their influence on me, right? We, we, you know, we'll say like, I feel you, or that resonates with me. You know, we have these terms that we use that help us understand that it's not me and you, but it's me and you, right? We connect to resonate with things. And we usually connect and resonate uh, from where our mindset is, right? If I'm resonating with something very low energy, right? Something low, like um, fear and shame, then I'm going to connect to that and others, right? I'm going to confirm that because we create from our minds. And so I'm creating from fear and I'm confirming my fear. I'm confirming my, my worthlessness, right? In this low energy. And there's just this full cycle of, of, of us believing in what we create, right? We, we create things from our mind and we believe in our creations. We do. And so if we want something different, right, we have to connect to a different part of us. We have to connect to the part of us that is one with love, that's connected to our truth, move out of the sense of unworthiness and connect to our higher self and, and start to view what's happened in this body, right? These experiences that we've had that have disconnected us from love. And I know this sounds maybe, I don't know, metaphys- metaphysical or... Um, intangible perhaps to those in the sound of my voice, but I want you to know it's not as hard as it, as it sounds. We have this beautiful understanding. Um, we can have a beautiful understanding of awareness, right? All consciousness is all enlightenment is, is stopping and choosing to see things differently. Let me say that one more time is stopping and choosing the light, right? I choose to see through the eyes of light. I choose to connect to source, God, love, however you define that, and see through those eyes versus the eyes of my human experience. Oftentimes, we are what I call fused with, and we'll talk about some psychological terms today, but we're fused with either others' opinions of us, systems, or our own ego. Being fused with our ego like means there's no separation for us. There's no difference between our fearful thoughts and who we are, right? There's no separation between the experiences that we've had and we become those experiences. Like It's like if I have a difficult experience or invalidating experience, then I am therefore unworthy of love. And that's just who I am, right? I'm fused with that. And I think that's normal for the child to do that, right? Now I started this with saying there's some purpose in this. I think there is. I think I, what I've learned is that we came here, and this is my belief, so take it on for you will, 
to have higher experience of love, right? I think that opposition or, you know, this polarity is necessary to truly learn how to walk in love and higher love, right? If all we've ever had is a pristine experience, we've never struggled, we've never um, understood suffering, how are we able to have true compassion, right? How are we able to have true wisdom, right? I think that wisdom comes through love, right? comes from the application of love in our lives. Wisdom is connecting to love and light and, and allowing that to become our experience. And that creates wisdom. And that often comes from these, op- these opposition, right? With knowing what isn't for us allows us to see what is for us, right? And I think all of you know what I'm talking about, right? Even just for a little child, like they know not to touch a hot stove because they've touched a hot stove and they've gained some wisdom around that, right? And they choose then not to do that in the future, right? There's things that we learn through experience. And so we're here to have experiences and these experiences are meant to expand us and grow us. And these experiences are going to have polarity. We have a tendency to believe uh, from our ego, from our fearful self, that some experiences are good and some experiences are bad. Let me say that again. We judge, right? We, we separate ourselves. Hey, these are good people or bad people. This is, this is a good thing or a bad thing. But I want you to understand that in growth and development, there's no such thing as failure. There's just learning, right? What may seem like now the dark night of your life, right? The difficulty when you look at through the eyes of growth and development, that may be the very thing that is the catalyst for growth in love, right? For wisdom coming in and creating a, a greater connection to God and to others. I recently had a client who went through, um, well, a client and also a friend uh, who have gone through cancer. And those of you who have, you know, had cancer or had, you know, serious illness, it creates, you're, you're not the same person, you know, after those experiences. And I think about how much they appreciate life and the living of life or respect and honor their bodies and want to, you know, care for their bodies because they lacked health for a while. That lack now no longer is a lack. It's now a strength. And I think that's how it works with many things, right? The weakness becomes the strength when we get to the opposite end of the learning curve, right? We get, we move out of the weakness and move into the strength, but oneness is required. So let's talk about that. Well, what, what is it that separates us from love, right? Where does the separation happen? Where do we go from being one to being separate, right? And that's in our mind. That's in our mind. The pro- the problem, and I don't know if it's necessarily a problem, right? It's the challenge, right? Is that the source of oneness is within our mind. And so is the separation in our mind. It's just depending on which mind we're listening to. So I'd like to do an exercise with you just so you can practice this idea for a minute. And I want you to, I'm going to ask you three questions. Um, I do this a lot just to make this kind of aware. And I may have done this before. I can't remember if I've done this in a previous podcast, but it's still a great exercise. And I do this a lot with clients to help them understand and differentiate between their ego self that's based in fear, that's separate, that, um, 
doesn't necessarily have truth, right? It may be telling you a false story of who you are and who the others are in the world. And you're the part of you that's connected to your highest source, your soul self, right? The part of you that's made from love, created for love and, and sees through the eyes of love, right? So there's these different perspectives. I want you to ask yourself from your ego, from your fear, if that's how you see ego, who am I? Take a deep breath in. Who am I? And let ego tell its story. Okay. Now I want you to ask your heart. They've proven that, well, there are many believe that there's three brains in the body. There's the mind, our brain that we know as the brain. There's the gut. The gut has its own kind of brain. It sends out information. Ah, and then spiritually there's the heart. That's the third brain. And so this has a whole another concept of who you are, what, what is going on within you. So ask your heart, who am I? And see what your heart says. Lastly, and probably, and again, we're going deeper and deeper in this meditation is who am I from your soul, from your spirit, right? Asking that part of you, who am I? If you don't have a concept of this, just ask love, who am I? Notice how the answers are different. Notice how perhaps there may be some blocks. Some voices may be louder than others, depending on where you are in your development. Are you body identified, right? More ego-based or are you spirit identified? And maybe your spirit speaks louder. I've had some clients doing this work recently. And at first, you know, the ego has a lot to say. You're not enough. You're, you're, you know, you're worthless. You know, you need to do all these things. You know, there's a lot of chatter in the ego, right? Um, a lot of shoulds in the ego. And then after a while, by becoming more and more spirit identified, right? By understanding there are these different voices, the ego gets quieter, right? It learns to step back. But I do find that in the beginning of this exercise, that the ego doesn't like to be unblended. It doesn't like to necessarily be seen and exposed this way. So if your ego is like fighting you, or maybe there's numbness there, know that that just means there's experience. There's a lot to be said there perhaps. And there's some protectors. We all have protectors that be like, yeah, I'm not going to show that to you. So just continue to be curious about, right? This voice be noticed, you know, uh, a lot of times if you're not getting clarity in your mind, your body can be a really good uh, resource here because you can use your body to see, you know, what, what, how do you feel? Like, is there, when you talk about those things, maybe you don't get thoughts in your mind, but is there a tightness? Is there a numbness? Like, is there a clarity? Is there a connection or is there a disconnect, right? That may be information too. So be aware of that information. All right. So we're going to talk about something called differentiation. I'm just going to pull up a definition that I love about this. So differentiation is the ability to be in emotional contact with others, yet autonomous in one's own emotional functioning. So the idea is that 
we're each individual souls. We each have an individual purpose. We each have a unique image of God that we're, that we have and a unique way that we express love and our purposes in love. And honestly, if you can imagine something as unique, probably the best way to get that unique thing is directly from the source that created it. Right. Like I want, if I want to know who I am and I want to continue to develop into self, the best way for me to do that is to continually connect my spirit and stillness to God and ask God, who am I? Right. Like I just did and allow God to kind of roll back the shame, roll back the fear and slowly, slowly help me emerge and learn to walk in love. A lot of these things have been taught. Um, like for instance, I've, I've heard these things taught for those of you that are Christians in the Bible, right. To walk in the spirit, right. To be able to do that. Um, I've spent a lot of time in my life over the last four years or so practicing mindfulness. And why do I do that? Why is that so important to me? Um, I often say to people, because I love the story of Mary and Martha, that I, I've really learned how to be Mary and much less Martha. But you'd have to know that in my story of shame and fear, my original story, I was like the queen of Marthadom, okay? Like, I was all about doing and performing and earning my worthy and um, pleasing the system, right? These are all things that happen in shame, right? I became so identified, so fused. So this is a topic. I lacked differentiation so much that my identity was tied up in the system. Now, these are different systems, right? That system could be what my parents think of me or what my church thinks of me or what my friends think of me, right? Whatever your system is, you become, you can make that your identity, right? What you think of me or how you validate me is my value. And when you externalize your worth like that, the more insecure you become and the less individualized and unique you become, right? Um, so fusion is a lack of differentiation where the individual choices um, are set aside in the service of achieving harmony of the system. Right. And this happens we we fuse. One time I was discussing this with God, I was feeling the sense of fusion and how do, you know, how do I manage that my individuality and my uniqueness and yet my oneness, right. With others, because of course, I want to be one with, I want to see the connection between me and other people. I want to work within my system, but how do I do that without losing my divinity, which is my uniqueness and my oneness. And I had a really interesting phrase come to me that I'm going to share with you. If you don't care what other people think, you're already free. That's literally what came into my mind from my source. If you don't care what other people think, you're already free. And I really pondered that, right? How there was a part of me that needed so much the validation of the other, whatever that is for you, that it was stealing my uniqueness, right? It was stealing my oneness because I was fear identified. I was body identified versus spirit identified. My value, my worth was coming out of, again, what the systems were teaching me that I was versus what God was showing me that I was. And then I stopped doing that right? Just like I spoke earlier, I, I started to say, you know, I choose to see this differently and all enlightenment begins with choice, right? You have to choose the light. You have to will it into your life. And I did that. I started being like, I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to 
walk the path that is uniquely mine. I choose to do that in harmony and togetherness with, you know, the place that I've been planted in my life, the systems that I'm part of, but I, I don't want to be the system. I want to be my unique self in the system. And so I started to see more clearly through the eyes of love, right? Started to love and accept parts of myself that I had denied, started to hear where shame had been taught to me by other people who were just trying to earn their worthy and where things, to be honest, were of God and where things were of people and opinions. We can make even good things separators, or oftentimes spiritually, this is talked about like an idol, right? You can make, uh, you know, your the, trying to receive the love of your parents, your idol. You can try to receive, trying to gain value or worth or standing within like your church system, an idol. You can try to, you can try to have, you know, job success or, um, you know, work validation. You can make that your idol, right? And I think that we do these things because our ego needs, again, there's this separation from love. Our ego needs to try to prove its value. But in stillness, you're already there. I've learned to stop, be still, and go inside and connect with my truth, which is I'm whole, I'm complete, I'm good enough. You know, love created me like itself. Divinity creates divinity, right? And any place where I was separated in my mind, that's healed through what I call at one minute, right? I can step into at one minute. I can connect to source and be reminded that there's no part of that separation that hasn't already been healed in love. And the separation that exists is only in my mind. I'm only separate because I believe that I'm separate, right? Again, the source of the pain and the suffering is in your mind and the source of the healing is also in your mind. But what eyes are you choosing to look through? Are you looking through the dark glass? Are you seeing through the glass darkly? Or are you looking through the eyes of enlightenment, right? Remember, it's enlightenment, right? You're adding light to your eyes. You're opening up your mind to a greater vision and seeing through the eyes of love. And so then we have greater and greater connection because what I'll, what I'll tell you is the more that I connect to my truth, right? Of who I am, the more that I see that in other people. Again, ego separates, it divides, it, it competes, it, it's the source of all misery. You know what I'm saying? And it's never enough, you know? So the more you compete or the more you try to earn your worthy, the less you feel those things, right? The less you feel connected to others. Uh, I was at lunch or yeah, I was at tea lunch with a good friend of mine. Who's um, a painter paints for paints, beautiful words about Christ and Christianity. And she's a Christian painter. And we were talking about our experiences and walks of communities and communities of faith. And she and I walk in two different communities of faith here in, in our, our local community. But we were talking about the commonality, again, the oneness between how communities of faith can either connect to this oneness, right? Where we're all one, we're all connected to God. We're all moving towards a whole and complete 
thing, right? Where we're all brothers and sisters in love, right? Or we can move to this separateness and we can talk about how we're different from, and you're not like me and I'm not like you. And these things are worthy of love and those aren't. And some people are good and some people are bad. And we're talking about how all this judgment comes in and how communities faith that are maybe supposed to, or declaring that they're trying to create connection to God can actually be the problem. She was talking about how she's seen that good thing be flipped on its head and be the very thing that's creating divide. And I would like to suggest that I've seen the same. I've seen the same in the same people in the same day, right? So it's not about the system as much as the viewpoint, right? Are we looking for the oneness between us? Are we looking for the divinity in others or are we separating ourselves and telling ourselves, you're not like me. I'm not like you. Right. I promise you that's just ego speaking because if there's something in you that you deny, there's something in you that you haven't dealt with your separation from love in, right. You may be, there's some shame around that. And what happens is you see that in other people and your subconscious wants to deny that wants to separate from that. That's painful. So we push that out, push that on other people, right? And we put that on them and you're not enough. And this is how I'm better than, right? It's a way of trying to kind of prop ourselves up and feel better than. And again, that doesn't do it. That doesn't actually create that feeling of, of, of better than, or um, it doesn't create true peace and love because the only way that we can truly feel peace and love is in connection, right? To the source feeling. So if you have unresolved emotions, right? You've had, you don't, you have not differentiated. Let's talk about this, right? You haven't really allowed yourself to be your unique, unique self. You have things like this. So unresolved attachment looks like feeling like the child in your family home, right? You're an adult, but you visit your home and you're like, man, I just feel like a kid. Maybe you're looking for the validation and approval of your parents because that was an unmet need the child didn't get and they were separated from that love and they're still looking to have that. Maybe you blame yourself or others for your problems. Does that resonate with anyone? Uh, but mainly these all lead to what I call emotional immaturity, right? There's not an ownership for your experience. There's not an ownership that you're creating this vision of the world from your mind. And truly the only problem is the vision is the way that you're seeing it. So what do we do about this? Right? You know, egos aren't bad. They're actually great teachers, but when you have triggers and you see through the glass darkly, it's a really great opportunity for you to see where you're separated in love. So I invite you to greater stillness. I invite you to stop and reflect and understand that that's just you outpushed. I had an experience this last couple of days that actually really brought this to my attention. And the reason why I actually did this podcast in the first place, because I was irritated um, with uh, just different places. Well, it first started because one of my friends was telling me, she's like, wow, I've really seen you differentiate and step into your confidence in who you are uniquely, you know, in how you walk in your faith. And I was like, wow, that's actually a great compliment. Right. But then there was another part of me, I was like driving home in the car and there was another part of me that was really feeling anxious, fearful, even 
And I stopped and I was like, Ooh, that's a familiar feeling. That's my shame. That's my shame speaking. And what is my shame saying? Again, this is how we would practice. I got curious. I didn't get upset. I was like, what are you saying? And the first word that came to me was differentiation, right? Differentiation isn't an easy game, right? Because ego wants to be, wants to fit in, right? Wants to be part of healthy differentiation looks like I'm a unique creation with unique gifts and talents and purpose, right? I'm, but unhealthy is that I'm separate from, right? I'm rejected. I'm, I don't fit in. I need that tribe, right? I'm wanting that sense of connection. There's that fusion that I talked about. And I think there was a part of me was like, well, if I'm not like everybody else, then, then where's my sense of worth? Where's my sense of connection? Right. I do feel like sometimes this happens and we don't recognize it's our ego, but we, we try to be like a one size fits all, right. Our minds want things to look the same. Right. So if somebody comes to, to a community and they like dress differently or they talk differently, or they choose to, let's be honest, show up in their divinity differently from you. Um, that could be, um, threatening to your ego, right? Our ego is threatened by change, by difference, right? And so we have a tendency to kind of, um, it's like this game that I often think of when I think of where we have different trouble with, um, differentiation. It's called, you know, whack-a-mole. I think it's called whack-a-mole, but you often see it at like carnivals and things. There's these little moles that pop out, right? Of little holes and you take the hammer and you knock them back in as fast as possible. Right. And I think that's what happens with people. It's like, Hey, you're different from me. Whack, knock it back in. Hey, you're thinking different than the group. Knock it back in. Remember systems like to maintain themselves. And so there's this lack of differentiation that happens. Hey, this is how we all think the same. This is how we are all the same. And I, rem- I remind you that sameness isn't the goal of divinity. Is it? One of the things that God taught me is that, um, you know, he broke the mold. He, she, right? I believe there's both energies there, but God broke the mold with each of us. Like we're each unique. I don't care if you're identical twins, you're unique you have a unique purpose, you have a unique perspective, you have a unique gifts and talents to bring to the world. And so truly, if we're living in wholeness, if we're connected to our wholeness, our oneness, we are feeling that sense of connection. We see the divinity in everyone else. There's no competition. We're all walking uniquely with God. You're not going to see people doing it the same. You're not going to, the goal isn't going to be due to do it like other people do it. There's not going to be a prescriptive set of, hey, this is how we all do things and that's it. And that's how we're successful because each one of you has a unique path to travel. Now, will there be principles that repeat themselves? Will there be um, concepts of growth and development that are similar? Of course there will be, right? I mean, I think kindness is a common principle. I think uh, ways of connecting to God, you know, having stillness practices. These are commonalities. I teach these common principles here at this podcast, but applications different. Let me give you an example of that. For instance, me and my growth, when I, when I was younger, I truly needed more community. I really did. I needed to go because it's worth, you know, I, you can't change a mind from the same mind that created the problem. Right. So I, I needed to connect to people as examples externally, right. Of God, I I didn't know how to connect to God directly. So I used people to get there a lot. Right. 
there were people that I felt were divinely inspired or just people that I felt like lived closer to love and generosity and kindness than me. And I wanted to listen to them and learn from them. And I still think it's always wonderful. Again, that's the value of oneness is to learn from others. You can even learn from poor examples, right? I think it's wonderful to see our connections and see our image in others, whether it be the image of the darkness in us or the image of the light, right? So there's always ability to connect. But as I've gone along, I've needed more and more alone time, right? My connection as I've grown has become more and more direct or the way I talk about this because I've learned this in spiritual languages, my eye has become single, right? To light. Like I have my own relationship with source and therefore the direct download is actually what I crave, right? I've removed commentary. I rarely read commentary or plant things in my mind prior to um, my dog just came in. Hello. <laughs> and, um, I re- I rarely plant things in my mind, um, from others because I don't want to be skewed. Right. I don't want that darkness, even if it's not right. It's valuable. I want to be able to hear without any disruption, the voice of God to me directly for me uniquely. And then, you know, afterward, maybe look at the commentary. I think it's important to, you know, not get tunnel vision, right? Go and and observe and compare and contrast the, the voice that I'm receiving with, with others that I trust. But I found that that alone time, that oneness time, that separation from others and to my uniqueness is so important to me. And then to bring that to the group, right? To be myself. I would like to suggest at the end of the podcast that that is the goal for each of us to walk uniquely with source, to develop that personal relationship, to receive your unique path and have the courage to walk within it, within communities, right? What would it be be like? Um, You know, I'm a Christian mainly, but I always tell people that like I have gathered in my studies and my growth, many principles of truth from many other sources, right? Like I I've learned a lot from mindfulness, which I guess, you know, ultimately comes from Buddhism. I've learned a lot from, um, you know, Ayurvedic medicine, which is, you know, more of the Indian tradition. Like there are things, there's are truths, there are downloads that have been received that because God's like, Hey, there's good in that. There's value in that. I've been able to be open to receiving because I don't have a block to seeing the divinity in all the places that God wants to show it to me. So I invite that to you. I invite you to see how somebody's walk that's different from you may have something to teach you that you're here to mirror your divinity and also, um, you know, celebrate the divinity in others and recognize that you don't have a monopoly on that. The thing that's really beautiful about um, oneness is that there's no competition. The more everybody else is divine, the more the, the, the whole group is right. And I have loved that concept. Um, The way I learned it originally is the body of Christ, right? We need foots, we need eyes, we need arms, we need hands. Like there's, we don't want all of one thing, you know, and all good things are gathered together in source. And that gathering is happening. You, You probably feel that, right? But what I ask you to do is start with your own gathering, right? Start within yourself, where are, what are you gathering to? Are you choosing to see things differently? Are you choosing to recognize that perhaps 
some darkness got on your screen, right? You're seeing through that glass darkly because maybe you picked up things in systems that aren't of you, right? And maybe it's time to release those things and let them go and let love and light teach you a new way of seeing yourself in the world, right? To let go of separation from others, to let go of projection of your fear onto others. You know, I'm better than you, or you're right, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, concepts of scarcity, right? I need you to complete me, you know, those types of concepts and recognize that you're whole and complete. You're enough. You're loved. You're safe. You're worthy in love. And really it's about stopping, connecting to that truth and then choosing to see and walk from that place. Thanks for being part of this podcast today. I invite you each to walk uniquely in oneness, be yourselves You don't do the service to the group by choosing to merge so much with it that you lose your oneness. Allow God to help you walk your uniqueness. You know, people are on different parts of the path, right? Maybe you're still really learning from external sources and that's where you're at. Or maybe you're ready to do the internal journey higher and higher, lower, because they're all valuable, but adult growth and development looks like returning the source of choice making internally versus externally. The more we grow with God, the more we go inside and the less we need things from the outside. Look it up. That's just how it is. And so we need to give permission for people to be on different parts of the path, you know, let them show up uniquely and let them be dependent if that's where they're at and they're still growing and learning who they are through that mirroring process like children do and, and be curious about where you are in your unique walk. All right. I'll talk to you again soon.